In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders, business stories from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, this show doesn't only bring you thought leadership from all over the world, it brings you listeners. We have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this show is usually about. The show is usually about the impact globalization, digital transition, and connected world is having on our organizations and what the impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In the series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection to gender balance, business values, and ethics that may impact your organization or individual career. But why I say what this show is usually about is today we have a different angle and a different story. And this is a very important story, not only reflecting on what's going on in the world today, uh, but today is International Women's Day. So before I start on with today's episode, just a quick message to our listeners. If you want to contact me with the subject, please go to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Um, tell me what you'd like to hear about. And regardless if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, listen to us each week. We are on 3 p.m. Pacific time on Voice America Business. Now on to today's story. On the 21st of February started an aggression that all of us thought may happen, but really didn't believe it would happen. Russia attacked the Ukraine, an independent democratic country. In the week following, the world changed, and so did the lives of millions of people. In this episode, we're going to talk with a family that fled the Ukraine. We're going to talk about the long-trying 1,800-kilometer journey. We're going to talk about the happiness they felt when they reached safe ground and the disappointment they have now because they still can't be united with their family in the U.S., And also we're going to talk about the guilt a single mother had because she had to flee with her children. Finally, what we're going to speak about is how they want to help families like them. And we're going to hear of a great hero that unselfishly helped them along the 1800 kilometer journey. Now, for our listeners, just to to kind of put this in reflection a little bit, let's just remember what happened, okay? Today is March 8th. On the 21st of February, Vladimir Putin recognized Luhansk and Donetsk as two separatist regions in eastern Ukraine, and he recognized them as independent states and ordered Russian troops to act as peacekeeper there, although these two regions were not independent states. On the 22nd of February, the Russian parliament then authorized 
Putin to use military force outside Russia, outside their country. And at that time, on the 23rd of February, Ukraine declared a state of emergency. And on the 24th of February, Russia launched a full-scale assault on the Ukraine. Now, Zelensky then ordered a mobilization calling on Ukrainians to help defend their company. And at the same time here in the States, Biden called Russia's invasion a premeditated attack. Now, it went so fast. And remember, we're only two weeks later now on March 8th. On the 25th of February, Russian forces moved towards Kiev, okay? So they, the areas they had said that they wanted to call independent, they did not just stay there, they moved towards Kiev. At that time, about 50,000 people fled the country um, because of the invasion, mostly women and children. On the 26th of February, the mayor of Kiev imposes curfew in the Ukrainian capital and tries to stop Russian troops. At that time, about 100,000 people, mostly women and children, are trying to cross the border from Ukraine to Poland. On the 27th of February, the European Commission, Chief Ursula von der Leyen, announced that Russian aircraft will be banned from EU airspace and also put on other Russian restrictions on state-owned media, Russia Today, did not allow Sputnik and other subsidiaries to be banned from the EU. And on the 28th of February, the Ukraine asked the European Union for help. And this is where this family's story begins. So I have here with me Oya Konareva, and she is a a kindergarten teacher, elementary teacher in the region of Odessa of Ukraine. And her family is in the Ukraine and the United States. Um, she fled with her mother, Valentina, and seven-year-old Alicia and 19-year-old Daniel. And our other guest today is um, one of our heroes, uh, Mihai Christi, a Romanian national, the director of SCR Media Online, which is currently the most important Romanian online business search engine targeting advertising features across Romania. And we also have with us um, Olia's sister, Olena Lewis, who's an American citizen living in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. And Olena is trying to help support her family to get to the United States. She lives in Rhode Island with her husband, Cameron, and their two children, Alicia, who's 10, and Amelia, six. So I'm going to start, Olya, with you. Um, On February 28th was the day you decided to leave the Ukraine. Um, Why did you know it was time to leave? Uh, I know. uh, You know, uh, I didn't want to go anywhere but um when there was an attack near our town like um 60 kilometers uh, away from us in ismail i had uh, to change my plans so i um, i had to uh, i had to think uh, how to pack all my life in one or two suitcases so because nobody thought about the war people didn't expect that the attack uh, started at the same time in one day from the separate parts of our country 
So it was very, very um, difficult decision for me to go away from our country. But I think your part of your decision, um, Olya, was because you have two small children, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I have two small children, and I uh, must care of them. And I, I am afraid. Uh, I, I am afraid for them. Okay. So, so you decided that on the twenty eighth of February, and um, Lena. Um, what what was the you know what did you think and when Olio called you and said that they had to leave? My my first my first uh, thought was it's it, it's it was safe for the first couple of days in the, our small town with no relatively no infrastructure and no military bases to be uh, targeted by uh, Russian Russian um, army. But then after a couple of days, it, it, we came to realization that they are moving towards big cities and they're targeting all military bases. And then they will move towards the smaller towns. And uh, that was the time when we decided that we need to take, get our family out and into the safe grounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just for my listeners, um, you know, what prompted me to do the story is because this is my family also. So just kind of kind of going on that um, to tell a little bit of story, which we're going to be talking about in the next segment. Um, Lena and Olya called me. And the, the first the first part of my thinking is, okay, um, even though I was in Europe, um, you know, the Odessa in Ukraine is quite far away. And how do we do this? OK. Um, and that was on the 28th of February. So uh, just a quick another question to Olya. So um, your mom uh, and Elena, you and Elena's mom um, also had to go. What was her thought about this? Because it's one thing to have young people move, but she was living in that town uh, all her life and, and they, another generation, and she's 63 years old. Um, which one of you, Elena, do you want to answer how your mom felt on this? Sure. Uh, my mom was, at first she was scared. She was frightened by all what was happening in the big cities and she she was i think she was beyond thinking that okay this is my my homeland that i've lived here for all my life my parents lived there for for all their lives and uh, it, it was million thoughts in her head but the first thought was to save her grandchildren to get get them into safety and whatever she could do i think she was ready to do that for them so so now let's let's go on to what actually happened so this decision was made on the 28th of february 
And um, Olya, you took you took a couple days to get to, you took a, you needed at least a day to put all your goods together. Yeah. Um, and you're an elementary school teacher. Were you able to say goodbye to family or children or uh, anything? No, no. We uh, I, I am not. Uh, I was not able to say goodbye or uh, on my work or to to the children because, um, you know, last uh, four days of. Uh, February, we had, uh, you know, like lockdown, but this is not lockdown. Uh, this is uh, uh, I, c- curfew. 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 Yes. Yes. So we stay uh, four days in a one-bedroom apartment, uh, and uh, every everybody stay at home, you know, because of the um, attacks. 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 Yeah. Attacks. So I. I I was not able to say goodbye. Um, nobody, nobody. Okay. So, so that was the decision on the, you know, the 28th of, of, of February. And then um, now comes the story. Um, so here, here in Europe on this and the family um, and myself, we're thinking, how do we do this? Okay. And talking to my husband, who was a German national, said, we are going to try to get ourselves to the border. Now, for our listeners, the easiest way for Olya and family or our family to get over the border was to go from Ukraine to Moldavia to Romania. Okay, and um, because they live in the south of of, of uh, the Ukraine. So. Being completely overwhelmed myself, um, I reached out to a network of friends that I have in Europe and was incredibly lucky to have a friend called Mihai Christie. And we're going to talk to him after the break. And we're going to talk to, you know, I called him basically just for a little bit of advice to say, you know, how do I do this? How do I get myself from um, Germany, Czech Republic, to uh, Moldavia, to to the border? You know, which um, which which city is is close enough? Um, because I wasn't really so familiar with Romania. I do live in Eastern Europe and Central Europe, but I don't travel there that much. So I reached the phone and called Mihai. And with that, we're going to we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Mihai and what he did and how he instrumented actually getting the family across the border. Okay, so we're going to take a short break now. And for our listeners, we are talking with the Kornareva Lewis family who fled the Ukraine. We are talking with Olya, who is an elementary school teacher in the Odessa region of Ukraine. And her mother, Valentina, fled with them and their two children and uh, Olya's two children, seven-year-old Alicia and 19-month-old Daniel. And we're talking with Olya's sister, Olena Lewis, who is an American citizen living in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. 
hopefully waiting on the joining with her sister as soon as possible. And on the after the break, we're going to talk about who our real hero in the story is. I mean, everyone is a hero in the story, but and in, we're going to talk with Mihai Christie. He's a Romanian national. He's the director of FCR Media Online, which is one of the most important Romanian online businesses or search engines. And he has more than... He does search engines for more than 1.6 million Romanian entities, and his expertise has expanded the company, but his expertise and his kind heart has not only worked for the company, but helped with the story and helped with the family. And with that, we're going to take a short break. This broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing local search associations. They hold trainings, conferences, and market research. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Not enough women are talking about how they feel about their money. Lisa Chastain is on a mission to change that. If you're feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become capable, savvy, and confident with your personal finances. Listen in and hear stories from other women about how they tackled their financial challenges. Not only will you learn from industry experts, you will hear from everyday women all of the tips, tricks, and advice you need to raise your financial IQ so that you can feel free from your daily stresses with money. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking something about a little bit different than we usually talk about this um, because it's actually quite a personal uh, story as well as a family story. And today is International Women's Day. And we are talking to Olya Konareva, 
and Olena Lewis, Konareva, uh, two women, and Olya fled the Ukraine with her mother, Valentina, just last week or just a couple days ago. And we're t- trying to, we're trying to understand the feelings that people went through as they went through this process and help, help our listeners understand what this process really means and what's going on, especially with the women and children that had to flee the Ukraine. So before the, before the break, I, I said that I personally tried to reach out to my network um, of people, uh, friends and, and colleagues, and one of the persons I reached out to was Mihai Christie, and he is um, a, a very large business person in Romania. And Mihai, I, I, when I actually called you, I called you because I wanted advice, okay? You know, where do I go? And what was your first thoughts when I called you? So, uh, greetings to all, and thank you for the invitation and for the opportunity to speak to you today. Uh, because I heard the word hero earlier, I want to start by making a mention or a simple correction. I didn't do anything special. I did something that any person with a soul will do, any parent who has children will do. I am not a hero. I am a simple man. I am a simple person. I am like you, like everybody, but the real heroes are the refugee, like Olya and her family. The ones who avoided bombs and explosions, who took their children in their arms and two bags with some clothes, milk, and a corner of bread, and among the armored vehicles that were seen only in movies, did they reach the border with another country, to another country, a foreign country with a foreign language, with strangers and with the house, job, husband, friends, everything, the whole universe left behind. And only with a hope in soul on their return, on their return to their city, to find as much intact as possible what they left behind, to find people alive and to resume their daily life. Uh, Kim, after receiving uh, your phone, your call, My first thought was to thank God because a few hours ago I was thinking intensely about how and how I could contribute to helping refugees from Ukraine. I was thinking about raising funds, uh, collecting clothes, collecting food. So it was a perfect and your call and request was matched with my wishes. So, you know, I, I, I know, but the, what was what amazed me, Mihai, is when I made that call to you, I uh, it was more advice to figure out what I was going to do. And the first thing you said to me is, no, you don't come here. I think you said, you know, it might not be as safe for you. I will take care of it. So yes, what was your what was your thinking there? So, um I think about uh, the refugee first, not about me, because I was and I am in my country. Uh, but uh, for them, I think it's very, very hard. And first, my thought was how to help as soon as possible. 
doesn't matter distances and kilometers, doesn't matter any effort. When you feel you should help, you just run, you just go. So we, we did this, we did this. We had on the last day of February, we had a uh, Zoom call with Olya, Lena, you and me. And that was the only time, the first time you met them, you met my family. And the next day for our learners, the next day, um, it was planned that that Olya and the family would leave their home about 10 a.m. Um, to um, go across the Moldavian border yeah. and then to meet meet Mihai in Romania. And thank God the family left a little earlier at um, early morning, about seven. They were at the border early because uh, right after they left, there was a bombing in a town in Ismail at the military base right near their town. So just to, to Oyo, as you were crossing the border um, and you knew you were going to see Mihai, were you scared that you weren't going to find him or, you know, you've never met him? What was going through your head? Yes, yes, of course I, I was scared because um, I, I, uh, I was looked at Mihai uh, like yesterday and today I, I was, uh, I was confused and scared about my children and about, uh, about my mom. Uh, but uh, when, when we um, met, um, you know, Mihai is a very nice man. Is um, uh, like, he, he supported um, our family a lot, lot, a lot, a lot. Thank you, thank you, Mihai, for, for this support. So me. Mihai, for you, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people coming over that border. Were you worried that you weren't going to find Olya or, or the children or Valentina or you thought, well, no, I have my yes, therapy? I was, yes, I was worried because uh, I uh, think uh, if they had problems in their border and uh, the border police will not let them to pass the border, but uh, in case if I hadn't meet, met Olya, I wouldn't have left. I am not leaving without Olya. I was in my mind and her family. I, in, in case the Olya cannot uh, pass the border when we agreed, like in uh, between 12, 10 and 12 uh, a.m., uh, I will make a lot of phone calls. I will have stayed at a hotel near the border until we found, I found out something about Olya. So finally, if uh, Olya and family real couldn't cross the border, I'll stay there in the border. I, I was very um, sure that I'll stay there in the border. I will have joined the group of volunteers in the border area to help in another way others Olya's compatriots. So, I mean, the good news is that you did find her um, yeah. and the family. And just to go on for our listeners a little bit more of what happened next and then ask Mihai a little bit about the obstacles. So Mihai did find the family and put them overnight in Galati City on the Romanian um, in Romania. And the plan was to drive the next day about eight hours towards the Hungarian border because the plan for the family was to get into Hungary, to Budapest, and meet me in Budapest, 
where I had bought three train tickets for the family. And then we would go from Budapest to Prague. So you got them, you got them into the hotel and then you started on the way towards the Hungarian border and you got to the Hungarian border or near the Hungarian border. And on that day, everybody had bad luck. Do you want to tell us what happened, Mihai? Yes, I want to, to, to say, to mention something about in the first evening, uh, we went uh, in Gala City near the border with uh, Moldova Republic. We went to some my friends uh, where we served dinner. So I choose the house of some uh, my friends instead of the restaurant uh, in order to keep the idea of home, to mm -hmm. have a dinner with the whole family, to be a warm and welcoming atmosphere, which in a restaurant was harder to achieve. So about uh, the journey for next day, my thoughts was not far in kilometers. My thought, thought was how to make their journey more comfortable, easier, to look like a trip, like a vacation. And uh, many times I told to uh, Ilusha, uh, the kid, I told him, you are in a trip, you are in a vacation, we are in a very nice uh, adventure. I always try to make them for, to forget they are refugee, and I try to create a holiday atmosphere. So, uh, next day, uh, the next day, after a journey about uh, eight hours, uh, during a break in the city of Cluj-Napoca, the second largest city in Romania, by coincidence, I found out that three hours ago, the border with Hungary was closed for Ukraine refugees who don't have biometric passports. So our final destination for that day was a town, a small town on the border with Hungary, and we had about three hours to go to continue to drive. Uh, as you said, the next day we were going, we had intention to travel to Budapest. But, but instantly, at nine o'clock in the evening, in the evening, I realized that I had no destination. We had no destination. It made no sense to continue the road to border with Hungary, where we will find where we will uh, have found the gates closed. Like I said, at nine o'clock in the evening, we were all of us in street without direction, without a solution for the second day. But uh, thank you, God, I made the decision. I made the decision to stay overnight in that city, in that big city, and uh, we went to hotel for rest. Uh, at the same time, I sent to you, Kim, the information that uh, the next day there was a Lufthansa flight from that city to Munich. So uh, after um, I received the uh, flight tickets for all of them, next day uh, we were together in the airport. And in the airport, um, I talked with uh, a Lufthansa representative there and I explained their situation. After uh, many, many calls and many, many phones, uh, they accepted to, uh, them to, uh, to fly to Munich, but there was another uh, small step, the Romanian police border. If uh, the Romanian police border would let them, uh, to let the kids without a biometric passport to pass the border. And I talked with them and first they said, no, it's... Uh, uh, it is not possible if they haven't uh, passport, 
the biometric passport or bus passport to pass the border. But I, uh, uh, I ask them like this. If your colleagues, border police, Romanian border police in Galați area, east of Romania, border with uh, Moldova country, Moldova Republic, let them to enter in Romania, permitted them to enter in Romania, why you don't let them to go out? What, yeah. wh- where is the difference? And finally, they accept it, and finally, you know, the, uh, the, the, the story, they succeeded to, to fly. Yeah. So I think I think for our listeners, this is an incredible part of the story that has to be kind of put in perspective. Um, both uh, Olya and her mother have biometric passports. Uh, the seven-year-old passport had expired, even though he had biometric, and he has also a U.S. visa. And they had applied for his passport, as well as the 19-month-old passport were in application process uh, when the war started. So there was not possible for them to have it. And to add on to the story a little bit, yes, um, Mihai's decisions of plan B or C or D were incredible. And you're convincing the border police to let them were incredible. Parallel to Mihai's work there, it was really a teamwork. Um, we were in in Germany talking to the German border police, who uh, said that yes, they children could come into Germany without a biometric passport. And just for our listeners to, to understand the confusion of all this, the European Union has dictated that people fleeing from the Ukraine can enter without a biometric passport. And that's basically because the entire passport system in Ukraine is down at this point. I'll come to that later. And so Hungary, by closing the border, actually went against the EU directive. And 48 hours later, they opened the border again, but it was too late for the family. But the family was did get on to the Lufthansa flight, thanks to Mihai's convincing the Romanian border police and our discussions here. And, um, and they got onto that flight and the next day were able to fly to Munich. And just one last question, Olya. Um, um, how did you feel when you, when you finally said, yes, you can get the flight tickets? Oh, 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 it was uh, <laughs> a, a Lots of emotions, you know, because when I um, heard that the Hungarian border is closed, I'm just, uh, I, I had a nervous breakdown and all these emotions that I try to keep inside, uh, you know, and stay strong for my family, for my kids, got, just got out. And, um, you know, yeah. it was it was very, very, very good for yeah. My, my feelings are very, was, were very good. Yeah. And Lena, just a quick, uh, before the break, what was your feeling when, when you heard that we called you and said they're on the flight? <laughs> oh, that was such a, such a relief to, to know that they're going onto safe grounds. They're um, going to be with someone that they, they know they met before and uh, someone who cares about them. Of course, Mihai um, did an incredible uh, job and with such care and kindness. And it was just such a great relief to know that they're 
going on the flight um, to to Germany and continue their journey, or as Mihai said, um, vacation trip. <laughs> so we're we're going to take a short break now, and for our listeners in in. In respect of uh, International Women's Day and everything else going on in the Ukraine, um, we are speaking with Olya Konareva and uh, Mihai Christi about Olya's flee with her children, seven-year-old Alusia and 19-month-old um, Daniel from uh, Odessa region of Ukraine. And Olya is currently uh, located now in Prague. I'll go into that story trying to get to the States. And Olya is it was elementary school teacher in Odessa. And Mihai is the director general of FCR Media Online, one of Romania's biggest online search engines. And Mihai is supported the Kornareva Lewis family and got them into the arms of family living in the EU as the first step. So if you want to learn more about Mihai, you can go uh, FCR Media Romania is on the Internet with www.fcrmedia.ro and on Facebook and on Twitter. And we have also started a fund um, for support of not just the Quinariva Lewis family, but also many families on Go GoFundMe slash 8B517A. 9F, if anybody is interested in contributing to not only this feeling, but the support of one family at a time, we also have other families we would like to support. So with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what happened in Munich at the Ukrainian consulate and at the U.S. Um, consulate and what the next steps are for a family like this. We can take a short break now. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. 
Tune in every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Central, and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And in in respect of what's going on in the world in Ukraine and International Women's Day, we're doing something a little bit different today. We're talking about the story of the flight of two mothers and two children from Ukraine to as far as Europe at this point. And I'd like to continue the story a little bit of um, what happened when the family got to Munich. Um, from my side, the relief was incredible as I thought they, as I saw they got off the plane. I had, I was waiting myself almost an hour and a half thinking, okay, are they going to get through the border police or not get through the border police? But I do have to say that the Germans are, are quite welcoming and very, very supportive. And the minute I saw them it was great. So our first task in the, in Munich was to go to the uh, Ukrainian consulate because neither children had passports at that time. And oh yeah, just quick, um, what did they tell you uh, about the whole passport system for the Ukraine when you were there? Uh, so the Ukrainian uh, system was broken because because of the war, you know, uh, all, all uh, these documents are uh, are printed um, in Kiev, only in Kiev, the um, the main um, city in Ukraine, and so so uh, Kiev was attacked uh, from from rockets with rockets and bombs. So uh, it is not it was not possible to print it, you know, documents. Mm-hmm. So I think then so so actually some of some of the information that we cannot validate is that of course Kiev has been bombed Kiev is down but also um, in some of the European newspapers the the cyber attacks on the whole system currently the Ukrainian uh, embassy consulate was telling us when we were there that no Ukrainians can get a passport, okay, or get a passport renewed or get a new passport. So the solution was to do what? Uh, to just to write down in my passport, uh, my, my kids to my passport. Okay, so they, so we put the, so the children were put in the passport. Yes. Um, and then after, after that was done, we, uh, the next was how do you get how does the family get to the United States to be with our family, okay? And um, I went to the U.S. consulate in Munich where I brought all the passports and had a long discussion. And the the bottom line, I have to say, was, was not a lot of information. And I'm saying this to be informative, regardless of, of what is being said right now, um, 
Ukrainians do not have ref- refugee status in the United States. And um, there really is not a solution for anything coming into the States. And actually, in a government discussion with one government employee, I was told that at this point, the administration is not considering that because Europe has opened its arms. And that is a quote. Okay, so we're you know, we like a lot of other families who have you know, families in the United States are now stuck on what to do with, you know, how we get our families into the United States. And for me, that's a big call for legislating to start to look at that because with 1.4 million refugees and uh, fleeing Ukraine, uh, Europe cannot take them all. The United States has to take some responsibility on that. So um, currently the situation with the, the family is that even if they want to go back to the Ukraine, hopefully when this ends, it's going, um, you know, their idea would be to reunite with family in the United States, which is not currently possible now. And uh, Lena, why is that? Why is that not currently possible? You've been doing work on that end. Yes. So uh, first, first of all, the baby, um, to get to the United States, the baby, 19 year old month old Daniel needs a visa, which is sounds ridiculous um, in current situation. Um, it's it looks like a technical part, but it has to be done, and it takes um, time and um, um, to to get all that done. And to get them here, they only can stay for six months, um, according to U.S. Uh, Homeland Security. Um, laws, and then they have to go back. Um, unfortunately, they cannot go back um, as of today. The war continues, and that's a big concern uh, because if if United States uh, would uh, make a s- legitimate statement um, about refugee status for Ukrainian people. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of um, families who have family in Ukraine and live in the United States uh, could have opened their arms and accept not only their families, but uh, another many um, people from Ukraine. And that would be a big relief for uh, European Union countries that are right now um, overwhelmed with number of people that are coming into their countries. And I, and I think, Glenda, you know, when I when I sit here in Europe and I, and I look at the the lines in Prague, um, the Czech Republic, the last numbers I saw uh, had something like over six hundred thousand Ukrainians trying to get refugees in a in a country of ten million, and you would think that that you know six hundred thousand in a country the size of the United States is not a lot. So I think for most of the families here, it's it's there's a lack of understanding of what's going on and why there is not support because it is not only the European Union's issue, it's the world's issue. And there's no reason why Ukrainian should Ukraine should not go on. Um, yes. and- yeah, and it could it could be that they only want to come for six months, and I guess that brings me to my next question: is is um, you know, do you, Mihai? Let me ask you, as a Romanian national, 
Do you think, what do you think the next steps are? Do you think this war is going to end? Yes, in my opinion, uh, should be end in very short time because this war, in my opinion, it is not for a long period. This war will finish uh, in, in my opinion, two, three weeks from now on, but we'll now have a winner. So all of us suffer, all the people suffer, not only Ukrainian, but they are in the front, they are in the first plane, they are in the first uh, area. But uh, all planets suffer, all, all planet are, is concerned about what happened there. And uh, we pray and we uh, think the who manage, okay, you understand what means manage, who manage the situation to understand that uh, the situation is over limit and they should stop and everybody should come back because we was affected about COVID-19 pandemic and now coming this new stressful situation for all of the world. For yeah. this reason, I pray and we pray all of them to uh, to finish this war and to come back in our normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think what, for our listeners, what you know, just to you know, if you're if you're in California or if you're in uh, Washington State or something, why is Ukraine so important? First, you know, it sits on the corner of NATO land. Okay, um, you know. Um, this whole initiation is basically because Russia didn't want them to become part of NATO. Um, that's one of the reasons. Uh, the second is probably just because of some mad person's uh, um, visions of grandeur. But, you know, it affects us. If we look at the oil prices, if we look at the gas prices, okay, everything's going up. And if you can imagine to be a Ukrainian here, um, my husband went with Olya just yesterday and today to try to exchange some Ukrainian money and none of the banks will take it. So the families are not only stuck here, they may have money, but they can't exchange it because they can't exchange it into other currencies at this point. Um, The whole entire identity system, the passport for these people are down. Um, They can't identify themselves, you know, maybe they can get lucky. uh, Olya was quite lucky to get the both children and the passport, but it's it's a humanitarian disaster, an absolutely humanitarian disaster, and the world is looking at it, you know, saying what do we do? Obviously, they can't close down the airspace over Ukraine because if they do that, then we are basically into World War Three. So, um, Mihai. Uh, you're a little bit more positive than I am. I'm uh, a little bit skeptical, but also trying to get our family to the United States and, you know, a plea on the United States to do something about that. So um, we're getting towards the end. So I think, Olya, any last words that you want to say? Oh, thank you for all you guys to to do some some special, special um, job, special job for us to for your supporting and help helping to um, not to feel so bad in in such bad moment you know yeah and lena from your side well i would like to to um 
first, I would like to thank you having us um, on your um, podcast. And I would like to thank Mihai for his absolute kindness and just being, um, showing humanity to such inhumane situation. It's just simple things that we all as people um, can show, can do, um, whether it's uh, helping your neighbor or helping your neighboring country or helping your um helping a, a, a person who, who you never met before. And uh, I, I hope um, this situation resolves with Ukraine and people are not going to be suffering and um, they will get to safety and um, the world will come to a decision to stop this um, terror. And Mihai, your last closing words. Last closing words is I want tomorrow morning to think about my family, to think about my job, to think about my business, not to think how many bombs are somewhere in the world and who want to attack other country. So I want the people to have their normal life. That's all. Thank you. And so to wrap this up, um, from my thoughts, this has been a... Um, incredibly difficult situation. Um, what I've seen here in Europe is the incredible support of the European people, um, especially in, in Germany and um, in Czech Republic and, uh, you know, Port, uh, Portugal, Spain, um, most everybody, Romania, of course, because and Poland has to, Romania and Poland who are on the borders, are bearing really the most difficult situation with the humanitarian uh, situation there. And um, I just wish the same as you, Mihai, to, to get on to a normal life. Um, we just got through COVID. We were worrying about COVID all the time. And now we're worrying about you know the future of our families, especially if the Ukrainian and the countries neighboring them. Because Romania and Poland are right next to um, right there, um, we're worried about, you know, the Baltics, um, Estonia, you know, what happens next. And so this has to stop. And for the U.S., my pleas to uh, have the Biden, Biden administration reconsider the status of refugees. Um, there's the country is big enough. There's enough families there that'll take people in. It's not going to be a burden onto the infrastructure. As a matter of fact, I think it's going to help the infrastructure with the with the number of un jobs open that cannot get employment. This could only help. So, thank you. And we've been talking with Olya Konareva and Mihai Christie about Olya's flee from the Ukraine with her family, her her seven year old and her nineteen month year old. And Olena Lewis, who is in the United States now, um, trying to get Olya and the family to the estates, at least for the interim period. Um, you know, if Mihai's right, that this, this war may come to an end. And um, thank you all. If you want to reach out to Mihai, Mihai is the general director of FCR Media Online, one of Romania's biggest online search engines. And we thank him again. If you want to learn more about FCR Media, 
Okay, fcamedia.ro, and FCR Media is also on Twitter, Facebook, and you can go there. Um, We have also started a fund, uh, GoFundMe slash 8B517A9F. Any any contributions are welcome, and the contributions, although are not just for this family, but are also going to be shared with other families because we believe that helping one family on the at a time is the way to do that and find them shelter and get them across the border, and have them be safe. And many of these families, as I said, many are women and children, as as the men are staying to fight. And um, the women and children have to get into safe zones, at least for the time being. So thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America Business Channel, a special podcast today with the respect to what's happening in the Ukraine and International Women's Day. So tune in to us next week again, 3 p.m. specific time. And we'll be back on our normal programming and interviewing um, about the, the business of broadcasting. Thank you and tune in again. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.